Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This entire season is new territory for lots of guys with different expectations and different pressure. And I think dealing with it, you know, not being tight, dealing with it, breathing. You know, I just mentioned the, the, the Krebs line and... You, know, you get a group of young guys, and, and they're fearless. Like everything's an opportunity. They don't, they, they don't. The expectations on those guys is probably minimal, right? And so they're they're free to go, and they they run. And and I think our guys that have have moved up and helped move this this group up feel a little bit more pressure, a little bit more obligation, and it's learning to deal with that. Sabres head coach Don Granado there, following yesterday's four to three loss to the Anaheim Ducks, and yeah, I mean you know course they're still learning new things i mean why should i expect anything they're still learning guys we need to reevaluate our expectations they're still learning i we've got about three four more years right until like they're all like 25 I, that's when we'll look at the playoffs again oh man just i can only hear so much that they're young they're still learning i can't I can't, can't if he was saying that about benson yeah ryan johnson sure like but Tate thompson's what 26 27 alex tucks 27 28 jeff skinner's 70 and, and that's the thing that's the that's the one thing i have with like the whole blanket statement is if you're talking about specific people say it like that's something that like unless that's something i've noticed about granado is unless he's asked about maybe mm-hmm. maybe i'm just like missing a few things here and there but when he's asked about someone specific he'll talk about them specifically mm-hmm. but when he's asked about like scoring as a whole it's as a whole he never talks about a specific player hey this guy's lacked a little bit this guy's produced a little bit like it's it's a blanket get, statement. Get specific because yeah. if you're talking about Alex Tuck needing to learn mm-hmm. or Jeff Skinner needing to learn, yeah, we're, we're, then we've that's lost the plot here. Yes, man. but if you're talking about maybe Dylan Cousins because he's only 23, mm-hmm. maybe Tage Thompson because he's you know actually coming into something yeah. here. If you're talking about Zach Benson, Peyton Krebs, JJ Paterka, that I get. They're younger. They're young players in the NHL that are. Stepping into prominent roles. But if you're saying that Rasmus Dahlin, who's been in the league since he was 18, so I'm giving him not as much of a pass yeah, here. Not, not as much. If you're talking about Eric Johnson, who's 36 years old, which, I again, I don't think he is talking about all these people, but that's what the blanket statement does. Mm-hmm. Is it, it doesn't – and, yeah, it's a professional sports team. You're not going to see the whole well, thing. I, it's I, not going to be transparent. Yeah. But you're, you, you kind of – you need a little bit of something of like, hey – these guys are okay, but these guys, you know, they're young. They're immature. They're learning. They're I'm, I'm having growing. a tough time with that, though, too, because it's, it's right with any other organization. The problem is with the Sabres, you, you've played these young guys for now three years. 
They've yeah. been in prominent spots for three, maybe even four years. Right. They aren't still learning. Well, they have been in the league now for a while. They have played a lot of games, mm-hmm. and if they're still making the same mistakes, Donnie, that's on you, bud. Or 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 it's on the it's player. on the players, and you got to have to stop coddling them. Yeah, and we got to move on instead of signing everyone to seven-year deals. Mm-hmm. Do I remind you that you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at northtownauto.com. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for the next hour. We're talking a lot of Sabres here today, and we're going to keep doing that. We're going to go back to the phones. We've got Thomas in Rochester on the line. Good morning, Thomas. How are we doing today? Good. How are you guys? Doing very well. So um, I'm going to try to be concise, but I think we're all kind of in a very similar feeling. Like the pulse of this is really just all over the place. And I I like what you guys were saying a second ago. I feel like one of the biggest problems is the messaging. I I feel like the message from top coaching is so, it's not just disorganized, it's bad. I mean, you could start off with Kevin Kevin Adams, and I think a lot of us kind of applauded his moves, right? Those early contracts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also think, to a degree, maybe that's hurting them too, because now you're giving guys contracts before they've proven anything, and you're almost telling them, "Well, you'll get money no matter what. Don't worry, it's fine." Whether you show up each night is irrelevant because you've already got paid for the next seven years, and you can kind of rest on your laurels and sit back and do what you want. So I, I think it's a double-edged sword there that I think we liked, but now might actually be hurting us, and it kind of plays into, uh, I don't remember, what, it might have been a week or two ago, but Don Granado said something, and you guys, I don't know if you guys have dogs or people are listening at dogs, if you say something to a dog and their head kind of tilts sideways, like they're looking at you kind of crazy, Don Granado said something, and I had that kind of reaction. He was talking about Paige Thompson, and he had said that when Paige Thompson isn't smiling, he knows he's not going to be playing well. And for me, when I heard that, I said, that's a really bad omen. It's not that's good. <laughs> really, that's a really bad omen. That your, your star, your, I mean, you're, you're, he's supposed to be the guy you build around outside of Darlene. If he's not smiling, he's not having a good game. That tells me there is a serious message issue inside that locker room. If he's not able to play, I mean, he's playing a, a kid's game for, for, for how many millions of dollars, and he can't find happiness in that. There's an issue. And then it kind of goes to with Granado and coaching. And I guess my thing is, like, we talk about Oposo and Oposo being the captain. And he's fine. You know, I like the blue-collar stuff, and it's great. And he's been really good for this team. Like, you know, what's the concussion stuff? He's a good person. But, like, to a certain degree, when do you have a leader that upholds the, this is how things are supposed to be run? And when you have Oposo sitting there saying, oh, it's not our um, 13 years to bear the burden. Mm-hmm. No, dude, that's not what you tell your younger players who are 19 years old. You tell them, we need to change the message that is here for the fans. Like, but if Alposo is driving that home, that doesn't matter. The, the younger guys are not going to listen at all. And then it goes back to Granado, which is where this is all going to kind of wrap up, and I'm going to end this here. You have a guy like Granado who week in and week out is sending the worst type of message. When you got guys like Alposo and Gergensen who are playing – heavy minutes and shouldn't be playing, whether at all. I mean, you could see they've got dead legs more often than they don't. Then you got guys like last season, we go back to, you know, Jacob Bryson playing valuable minutes when you could obviously tell he wasn't good. This year you got Ryan Johnson, who should absolutely be playing, and he's getting scratched. So just the messaging that you're having on all facets of this organization is so messed up and so discombobulated 
there's no surprise that the team is bad right now because I don't think they know who they are. I don't think the, the organization has any sentiment positivity anymore. And I think that's the biggest issue is there's so much going wrong that I just, I think the, the, the team is a mess. I think the organization's a mess. And I think it's top down every direction you look. Thanks for the call, Thomas. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, it's, it's, it is, it's messaging. Yeah. And I, listen, I am all for being positive. I'm all for being, you know, optimistic. My, my name on Twitter is Captain Optimism. Like, come on. But it's also because I've dealt with this team for so long and tried to be optimistic about the, the littlest, stupidest things. And at, the, at this point... It's like point, all you have left is it, just, i got to be optimistic. And at this point, I don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm at the point of you need to make drastic changes of some manner. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to say, you know, oh, Tage isn't going to play well if he's smiling or if he isn't smiling, whatever. Yeah. Like... But then it's another. I don't, I don't understand that because it's but like. It, but it's another. Like that could be just kind of like a statement, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, ha. But, but like but then, it, but then the results kind of show that's like. But like he's being serious. Like yeah, if and, if and it's, Cage isn't like in a good mood, he's not going to play well. And I I get that to an extent because like you know if you're not like if you're having a bad day at work, you're not going to do a good job, or as as good of a job. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's like. I, I, I'm, I'm, at a lo- I'm at a loss for words because it, it, it doesn't make sense that you, you can be so positive about this team turning around, but then you say, oh, well, like, you know, they have to be in a good mood. It's like, no. It, it, they're they're like, professionals. Some of the best times you've seen athletes have great games is when they are angry. Furious. When they are yep. fed up with someone. Like, one of the – I mean, it doesn't work for long, but one of the best – performances you see out of athletes is when they don't like their coach is it's hey we're gonna go out there and prove this guy wrong we're yeah. gonna make this guy the coach becomes the villain yeah, the for everyone becomes to the rally villain. around and and, and and you have to be delicate with that and like i said it doesn't work for long because then it, you know whatever but and i'm not saying that's what's needed here but you need to have players that can perform in pretty much any scenario and yeah everyone's gonna have their nights where it's oh well we you know we just couldn't get there tonight okay fine you're human like, like yeah, you, it's, it's an eighty-two like, game regular season. I like, I get it. You're not going to be one hundred percent every game. Like, totally like UPL yesterday, mm-hmm. he had an off day, and you know what? Fine, you've had a great month and a half where you've proved everyone wrong. You went from someone that was talked about being put on waivers yeah. to please never leave. You are our number one goaltender. But like, you, and, you just but I mean, there's been a few times this month where he has just he's put up amazing games, and his teammates don't help him. Yeah, but that's someone right there. Look at Uko Pekalukin. He's the perfect example for this. He is someone who went through all this adversity, all this stuff, all of these problems of, well, Devin Levi's coming in. See a kid, you, you tried. You were our, you were our number one goaltender, but, but now out. you're not anymore. And oh well, hey, wait, actually, you're doing great. And oh, now you're our number one. And it was never, you know, this this. Oh well, you know, he'll figure it out eventually. He'll fi-. like, it was he quietly did that, and now here he is. And it's it's not this big grand thing. It's just oh look at Ukapeka Lukin figured it out, and that's something that you need to see from all of these players. Of you mean actual just, adversity? Yes, and actual their jo- adversity. And their jobs being threatened. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Because look at the look exactly. That was the that was the missing key. That was in that, that was in the key that scenario is that he saw and basically had no hope at all because Levi was going to come in fresh faced out of college. Yep. 
and was told you're the starting goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres and UPL. I mean, you might play. Yeah, you might play like every like moon, six nights. But, you know, yeah, like have fun. And he had to be better. He had to work in the offseason. And he got better because his job was threatened. And this is where, and we are getting connected to our fans, and that is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Todd tweets in, Donnie is loved by his players because he protects his players. They have a safe place with him as coach. That's all well and good, but players have proven they're not repaying his loyalty to them. That's true. And Lukanen is the perfect example of, yeah, you gave him a little adversity and he repaid you by just keeping him on the team. But you pushed a little adversity, not not even a little. I mean, he straight up threatened his career in Buffalo with Levi coming in. And he was like, no, I'm a professional. I can get this done. I was the savior before that kid was in diapers. I can be the guy. (laughs) And and, and don't get me wrong. I still think there's going to be a great goalie battle between Lukanen and Levi. And, they have and, a great problem now. That's that's an ex- exactly that is a perfect problem to have in the NHL specifically because the NHL forwards are a dime a dozen, defensemen not as much, but they still are about the same. Goaltenders, if you find the best goaltender in a draft class, you hold on to him tight and you never ever ever let go. And you have two of those. I mean, what, what did Levi do yesterday? 52 saves on 53 shots? 52 saves. And granted, it's the AHL. But but that's what you wanted to see him that's do. That's what you want. That's what you, yeah. That's why and, he's not coming up when Comrie's ill or UPL, yeah. you know, has like a lower body injury and they're like, I just need it for one game. That's why yep. Levi, no, you stay in the AHL, worry about your development. It just took him three months to get there. And, and, and you know, I, I was one that was very excited when it was, oh, Levi's going to stay up. He's going to start here. And it's like, cool. That's awesome. Like, let's see what happens. But once it started to not work, it was all right. Well, you gotta again make changes that are uncomfortable. Calculated uncomfortable decisions are something that the Sabers haven't done in ten years, and they were seemingly forced into it with UPL. I don't think yeah. that was their intention. Was like no. we'll see what UPL can do. But Levi's the guy. It was Levi's the guy. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, no, we still have three goalies. I mean, that was their thing. They were still riding with three goalies. It was never their intention. UPL just yeah. proved them wrong, and it's just it's. Again, you wonder if the lights are on. Let's go back to the phones. You've got Alan on the line. Alan, good morning. Hey, good morning. I looked at um, 10 projections in the offseason. Eight of them had the Sabres in the playoffs. Two of them had mm-hmm. Granado as co- coach mm-hmm. of the year. and Two of them had Paige Thompson as the rocket winner. And he and uh, Austin Matthews work out together in the offseason. I said, okay, well, maybe they're right. Well, the four guys that are killing us this year are Tage Thompson, Tuck, Cousins, and Skinner. They're MIA, and I've stated this a while. You bench all four or trade all four, you wouldn't miss them right now. And it's just sad. I would have chosen Gerard Gallant from the beginning. I'm a huge, I know he wasn't available to the end of last year. He and Drury didn't see eye to eye. But look at his success in New York. I loved him as coach. I know Laviette. I'm a huge Rangers fan. They're my team, and I've been since 70 a fan of theirs. But I see so many similarities early on when the Rangers were struggling. But they got the right coach, and they got the right coach again. And that's the key, I believe, to all this. And I'm and it's sad to see, to watch these guys. How do you lose to Anaheim at home? I looked at the schedule coming up. They had three games, Anaheim, Montreal, and Columbus. I said, well, if they can get these next three, they should. And then a friend of mine said, they're going to lose at home. They're going to win the two on the road to Montreal. And he said they're going to lose to Anaheim. Anaheim's 5-4-3 or 5-4. They were a winning record since they beat the Sabres in Anaheim. 
So there's a lot of missing pieces on this team. I thought the fans came back in the offseason. They gained about 4,000 season ticket holders. Again, almost to that, you know, not to that 16 we had up until three years ago, season ticket holders with the long list. But you know what? And you're going to laugh at me when I say this, but I would have never fired Bilesma. Um, he had the record here. He just because they had Adams and, uh, and, he, and Tim Murray. I mean, I mean, I know everybody has their emotions on Tim Murray, but he, when he was mad, he did what he wanted to do. Uh, you know, traded this, traded that, and got this. But I'm not. You know, as a Sabres fan for years and years, this is really frustrating to see. You don't lose to Anaheim at home. I was shooting them to 37. Yeah, UPL should have had two of those goals yesterday. But the way they played in front of them, I don't think. I think a high school team mm-hmm. could have played better. I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Take care. Thanks for the call, Alan. And look, just on his first point, too, let's go through the top four. Alex Tuck, 48 games played, 37 points, 15 goals. Jeff Skinner, 47 games played, 34 points, 17 goals. Dylan Cousins, 52 games played, 33 points, 11 goals. And Tage Thompson, really the big, the big horse here, 45 games played, 16 goals, 32 points. And, and but I like that he brought up the point of don't tra- he didn't say trade him but he said if you did trade him you wouldn't miss him right and I agree with that point especially the big three right they are doing nothing and I think a lot of this comes into coaching which was stop the running gun style stop what made us I mean dude I, just like remembering the Winnipeg game from last year where they made Hellebuck who is one of the best goalies in hockey <laughs> look like oh yeah fool the three of them did yep a fool. Where they just sent him to the boards, essentially. Yeah. Not once has that been a thing this year. Thompson, I mean, you just look at his stats, 16 goals. Hasn't scored a hat-trick this year. What did he have, like five last year? He had a five-goal game last year. He was absurd. Yeah. And and that's the thing, too. I I wonder what their issue is specifically. Because we've seen offense return in spurts, but it's never, it's never, been, never consistently been consistently them. Mm-hmm. But you've seen it return with Paterka, with... Middle stat like that group has figured out how to have good offensive games, but whenever you have a gr- good offensive game, it's never Tuck Thompson Skinner leading the way. It's always Middle stat Paterka Greenway, one yep. of yep. Thompson Skinner Tuck, yep. one of them. It's never been all three. And something I've noticed, and and this is just me observing. This isn't you know hearing or anything or whatever. Skinner hasn't really felt engaged this season he's felt, yeah, it, it's yeah. felt very he's felt very disconnected and I don't know why but that's just how I've kind of viewed him like it's it's he's just there and he's skating around and he might get a shot here and there he might get a goal but I, I don't know he just seems a little disconnected and I, I don't know I don't know what that is because in all of you know the videos and stuff you see like he's one of the bright funny Guys at practice yeah, and, and things like that, and then have you have you noticed though a lot of that stuff is just non-existent this year, and and it wasn't even in the off season. Coming yeah. into this year, all of a sudden, a lot of the stuff that they were doing that was fun. I mean, they, like their social media team was, it felt like one of the better ones in hockey. Yep, constantly fun, constantly engaging with fans, seemingly understood the memes and stuff like that, and it's just yeah. And, and they that's, were fun again. Yeah, and that's and that's not how you win hockey games, but it's how you bring the fans back. It's how you gain which, which their is, trust, yeah, which, and exactly. that's important because mm-hmm. if you if you look at the makeups of great sports teams, obviously, like ninety nine percent of that is coaching, players, things like that. But the fans do play a role, a well, very it's, very it's, very it's, small it's why, one, a it, minuscule but, one. But it's but, why playing at home is always considered right. tougher for road teams. The Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. are twenty and five on home ice this year. 
twenty and five. Mm-hmm. Let me look at the Sabers real quick because that's going to be a painful exercise, but I'm willing to do it because I am a man of the people. The Sabers' <laughs> home record is twelve sixteen and one. Yeah, and it was worse last year. Oh yeah, it was really bad last year, and that was that was your that was the, the one question mark was hey if you win a couple games yeah, at you home, could literally just play at home, you would yeah. have easily been in the playoffs. And I think also the the fact that they were so close last year was where we all maybe got caught up into it of they're right there. The drought is about to end. And if, I mean, you could take any number of those games. It's literally one game. But if you, like, one that sticks out to me always is the is the Florida game with where Alex Tuck is half a millimeter offside. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's no one's fault, obviously. But I'm just, I'm at the point of, those guys, while you take stuff to build off of mm-hmm. year in and year out, you have to let last year go. You didn't earn anything. You didn't win anything. You proved that you can get close, and that doesn't count for anything in this I league. Think the thing is, yeah, you proved you were ascending. You proved that, yeah, you, which is great. That, that 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 fans are reasonable for putting expectations on you. Yeah, and that's really it. But again, like I come back to it, like they changed their entire style in an offseason, did not do anything when Quinn got hurt, which was either the day of or the day before the draft that we found that out. They did yeah. nothing to reallocate what they were going to miss in Quinn, which, uh, coincidentally, was actually a lot. He's very, very good. Him and Paterka, that, that 2020 draft, one and two, phenomenal for them. Mm-hmm. But they did nothing. They just sat there and went, it'll be better, we'll be fine. Yeah, Quinn will be back by Christmas, and we'll be like kind of hovering around a playoff spot, and then he'll help us get there. And it's like, nope, well, you, you didn't hold up your end of the Just bargain. Again, Quinn did. Quinn is, like Quinn, you said, in Quinn's 17 been great. games played this year, he has 12 points. Yeah, which is awesome. He he was showing you, and it, also when he was playing, like he was getting Dylan Cousins back to kind of form. J.J. Paterka continued to be J.J. Paterka this year. Got even better. Got which even is better. impressive, because he's been great this but year. But outside of that, like they don't make moves. They don't do anything. They just kind of sit there. And I get it. It takes two to tango. But every time I hear Adams talk... He really doesn't seem interested in making moves, in trading away some of these pieces. He seems pretty happy to just keep all of them, even though all the forwards you've drafted, literally there's no spots for him. And it's it's incredibly frustrating. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Terry here on the line. Terry, how are we doing today? Great, great. First off, I love the show. I'm just so happy. Finally, we're talking about the Sabres and not the Bills. But the thing that, and you know what, you touched a lot about what I was going to say right now. This whole season is on the GM. During the offseason, I'm sorry, but you bring back for 2.5, you bring back Ocposo and Gergensen, and then to top it off, too, Jost for $2 million, who nobody wanted when we put on waivers. You brought back the same team, pretty much, and then you get a guy who was on a healthy scratch, Connor Clifton, for three years, and Eric Johnson's been a, a little bit of a surprise. I think he's decent and he gives leadership, but you did nothing, and that is the most frustrating thing. Absolutely Nothing. And then to top it off, too, your big trade for Eichel, you get their prospect Krebs, and then you see what type of talent this kid has. You don't even put him on the first line. You put Arposo up there. And I just don't get it. I think the GM is a disgrace. There's a reason why he was teaching 11 to 12-year-olds at the Niagara Center, you know, and then he, I don't know who he knows or blackmailed to get this job, but him and Matt Ellis, and they just got to go. I mean, ever since Terry Pergula fired LaFontaine, who was the president of hockey or whatever, no one to come here. And I think it's known throughout the NHL, just don't go there. And it's just so frustrating because this team, I don't even see them. I don't, I'll be honest, 
I don't even see Thompson scoring more than 35 goals again. I really don't. Everybody knows how to play him. And he's, I'm sorry, but if these little babies are worried about, oh, well, we're not going to celebrate if they boo us, that's probably being a professional. And you all got your contracts and you're all going to the bank. You know, it just makes me sick. And I agree 100%. They need a coach. God, I would have loved to have Tortorella because these guys are coddled. And that's all I have to say, and I'll listen. Thanks for the call, Terry. And I, but I, I think Terry, right at his last point there, that's what's going to happen. I, I don't love the John Tortorella thing, but there is going to be, a lot for a lot of fans, the 180 of, no, like we need to do something radically different from Granado, who has coddled these guys. I think Adams, I mean, I, I think with the bat Lamontane, he resigned, not fired. So I think he, he resigned. Yeah, it was kind of a— It was frustrations I, within a, the organization. It's a while so. ago now, too, so it's kind of hard to remember. There's been a lot of firings and changing but, but and also, hirings. But, the point, but the point sticks there. I get it. Upper management, yeah. ownership, I totally understand. But that I that's where I started this morning was Adams in frustration with him. But yeah, I forgot about the Joe move. Yeah. They brought back everybody. Well see, that's that's the thing too, is like I, I love the analytical d- direction they went in terms of drafting. In terms of, you know, getting yeah, drafting's been great. Right. And it, but in terms of getting, you know, players and such, like, yes, you can use analytics, but you can't rely solely on them. Mm-hmm. And that's where you look at now, you look at the Clifton thing, where at the time it was, hey, he's been playing with Boston, he looked great with Boston, his analytics look great, that's awesome. And same with Jost. Jost had pretty good underlying numbers. He was fine when well, he was it, here I was going to say he was pretty good when he came here when and, we got him off waivers. Yeah, and that was the other thing too. You got him for free, so it's like, hey, why not bring him back? And he clearly, it, it, it wasn't everything you thought it was because the game is not played on paper and I'm not discrediting analytics because I love the analytical side of hockey. It's, it's interesting to read up on the stats and, and, and learn about all that stuff, but it's not the whole game. It's mm-hmm. only part of it. And you can only base so much of your decision-making off of that. Yep. And going forward with that too, is you have to like, like, like you said with the radical, radical change and things like the 180, that. Yeah. Again, I, I don't want to keep saying this, but, you have to make smart, radical decisions. You can't yeah. just make radical decisions because that's what Tim Murray did, and it didn't work. And it did, yeah, it did it not work. Burst into flames, and there's a reason why he's not a GM in the NHL anymore. Yep. And that's just kind of where I'm at with this team. Is once you make that big move that actually sticks, that's when things will start to change. Mm-hmm. And it can't be just players. It has to be coaching too. It has to be management and an organizational level thing too, because. You can only go so far with the players. If you don't get someone in there that's going to help them when they need it, it's it's not going to go anywhere. Yep, absolutely. We are late to a timeout, so we'll take a quick one right here. Still taking calls. 803-0550 is the number. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for about another half hour here on the X Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Behind the net, Skinner up for, for Thompson! Did that go over the line or is that a glove save to highlight by Gibson? That was Gibson save. Tage Thompson, who, I mean, he had a run there for a little bit. Has a breakaway. He didn't miss the net. He didn't miss the net. I watched the replay. It hit the skate of Gibson. I'm not giving him any credit, but at the same time, he didn't miss the net on a breakaway. And then immediately hits the post. He's just like, oh, come on, man. (laughs) Can't buy a goal at this point. It's, It's very, very difficult. Very, very tough. And that's kind of been the feeling of the season at least on offense especially is, i mean guys like thompson dylan cousins, cousins especially, especially too he's somebody I, I, although i will say i'm about done hearing that he's snake bit it happens like every year at this point eh, he's a 40 yeah. goal scorer if he didn't hit the post all the time or have great saves against him right and it's getting annoying well but that's the thing too is like is it like is it bad luck for one guy no but at the same time he has these moments where it's you know, man, like that should have been a goal if literally any other goaltender was yep. in the net. Or if the net was half an inch bigger, that would have been a goal. It's just, But even then, it's, it's tough for me to say that too because it's like they're making every goalie, it seemed like, become Dominic Hashek because their chances really aren't that dangerous. No. They're if straight you, at their chest. If you look at their high-danger chances, there. they can have 40 shots on net, but only like five of them are high-danger chances. Yesterday, they had 36, right? 36, 37. 37. And like, eh. Yeah. Because I could stop those shots because everything's at your chest and you just you suck it in and you just yeah. you absorb it. And hey, look, there's a defensive zone draw, and they're professionals, and so like, yeah, like well, no, in the, in the terms of of the other goalies facing these shots, yeah. it's not they're never placed right. They're not. It's not like you're shooting to score. You're shooting to get it on the net. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, you're never going to get faulted for taking a shot at the net. If if you have nothing else to do, shoot it at the net. Yeah. Because you're creating something. But try to make something of it. Like, don't just shoot it to shoot it. Have purpose. Right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like because if, if I'm the other goaltender looking at that, it's I'm going to make the save and my team's going to win the draw because your team can't win draws. Yep. That's uh, the other thing that, that's very subtle yeah. is winning faceoffs is a very important thing in the NHL and the Sabres have not been great at that this year. The only mm-hmm. one that's been good is Casey Middlestat. And... He's in conversations of leaving. So, <laughs> right. So, so we really don't totally know. Uh, we do have some news for college football, and that is going to be the College Football Board of Managers unanimously revised the 12 team playoff format. So, it's going to be the five highest ranked conference champions plus seven other, you know, teams that are selected by the committee. They're going to be the at large bids. Essentially, so it's going to be a little bit closer to college basketball, where mm-hmm. you win your conference tournament, you're in, and then everyone else is the at-large bids. So that's what it's going to be. I don't totally know who's going to be the fifth conference, though, with the Pac-12. Out. I was going to say because there's only the Big Four now, not really the Big yeah, Five. Yeah, the Pac-12 was shot into the sun. Are they? Are they in about 20 minutes going to tweet out, "Hey, guess what? We made a new conference." <laughs> I would love that. I, the death of the Pac-12 is one of the saddest things in sports. They're going to rename the Pac-12. Let's see, what was it? The Pacific American Conference? They're just going to bring back the WAC. The I, I was going to say. The Western what, Athletic Conference. Like, is it going to be the same conference just under a different name? Like, like just 
That'd be funny. I'd be all for it. But yeah, that should be fun. That's something I've been interested in too as well because this will allow. It, what's going to be interesting now with the 12 team playoff, and I just want to hit the, on this real quick. We'll go back to the Sabres. But what could be interesting is if you're a really good MAC team like Buffalo, if you all of a sudden put together a 10 11 win season, one loss, you could be one of the at large teams because they also are going to have that group of five team that goes in the highest ranked one. So I think like this year they were talking about it. Um, Liberty would have been that team. They ultimately played Oregon, I think, in the Fiesta Bowl. Got blown out. Doesn't matter. But that would be kind of cool like to see potentially like Buffalo be able to get in the college football playoff because they did expand it to the 12 teams. They allowed that you know outside of the Power 5 team to get in. And that just brings more notoriety to teams that wouldn't necessarily have it. It's why I'm such a big college basketball fan because you do get teams that really should not be in a major college sport conversation, Loyola Chicago makes their Final Four run. Florida Atlantic last year makes their Final Four run. Virginia Commonwealth, when they made theirs back in 2011. What was the one, um, the Peacocks? St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Out of the Metro, which is, you know, Niagara plays in that conference, yep. and they're getting incredibly hot. I think they're 8-0 in conference play on the road, Yep, which is absurd. They just had an amazing weekend beating Fairfield on Friday who was in, in the conversation to be second or third. They were second at the time. Yeah, and then Quinnipiac, who was like clear-cut in front, they beat them on the road. and now By a lot, too. Yeah, By 16 they, points. They went perfect from the line, which is like the most free throws. Mm-hmm. It, it's like an NCAA record that they pulled yeah. off. Mm-hmm. And so now Niagara is kind of looking at the rest of their schedule. They end with Marist uh, in, in the last game of their, of their season, but everyone else is... I don't want to say bad, but it's a very favorable schedule for them. They get Canisius at home, I think, on Friday. Or they're, they're yep. at Canisius on Friday. But well, then they've it's, got, kind of, it's kind of like home. Yeah. <laughs> they get like a four-win Siena team that's left, I think. They also have, I mean, Maris, as I mentioned, um, not St. Peter's. I want to go to their schedule real quick. But, they I mean, they've got a very favorable schedule, even compared to the likes of Quinnipiac and such. And so, you know, I don't want to say that they can make a run here, but to put Niagara in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 07 – would bring a lot of notoriety to them. And also, you've had the Mac be quite a known commodity for a few years here. You brought up St. Peter's and their Elite Eight run. You also have Iona, who had Rick Pitino for three years. They kept making the NCAA tournament. They were always mm-hmm. kind of a fun, snazzy pick and stuff like that. And you've also had far more than we ever thought we'd have, 16 seeds beating ones. Yeah. that's I mean, like Bailey a, Dickinson that's like a, does you, it to Purdue. And now a yearly it's occurrence. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily 16, but like 15 seeds? Yeah, it's becoming a thing where it's not like ridiculous to pick a 15 over a two, especially when you do have a, a conference like the Metro, which is just a bar fight like every night because <laughs> they're in smaller gyms and it, it, you have to be tough. You're all seniors. You're all grad grad students. So it's a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, we're getting close to conference tournament time as well with, you know, March 1st being next week. So we're getting close to that are as you well. A, are you a Texas fan for basketball as well? I am not, actually, which okay. is kind of it's kind of a weird thing, I know, because I'm such a diehard Texas football fan. I'm not really a Texas basketball fan. Like, I like them. They're fine. I'm much more like – I like a ton of mid-major teams. Mm. Like, I loved UB when they were – when yeah. you know, the eight, uh, well, not even just the Oates era, but the Hurley and Oates era when they were making the NCAA tournament. They were winning the MAC. Loved that team. Uh, now, who you know, I'm going to do a piece on March Madness once the bracket comes out, and so I'll put that up at our website, WGR550.com. Grand Canyon, I have thought, has been a super interesting story for like the last 10 years when they were making their transition from D2 to D1. 
They've got an unbelievable fan base. They're in Arizona. They're getting really good international recruits, plus just flat-out good American recruits as well. Mm-hmm. They have two losses this year. They've beaten ranked San Diego State. They've beaten a Liberty team who's traditionally in the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to be like a 10 seed this year coming out of the whack. Like They should be a really interesting team. I'm a Big East basketball fan. I don't know if you've ever watched the 30 for 30 documentary, The Requiem of the Big East. It's one of my favorites, talking about you know the rise of Georgetown and Syracuse, how much ESPN played into the rise of Big East and college basketball. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also a Providence fan, which I have really no reason to be. I like that like when I became a Providence fan, I was like 13, because mm-hmm. I got all their games on Fox Sports 1. I had that growing up, so like just okay. every night I could watch. If, if Providence was on, I could watch them. And I like that they were in black and white. Like I've always, I always <laughs> yeah. loved that the Raiders. Like I don't like the Raiders, but I love that the Raiders just are like, no, no, we're black and silver. I love that combo. I think it just looks so cool, and they've just had cool players and stuff like that. And eventually, I was like, I like Providence, mainly because it's not Boston, but it is kind of Boston. So like a part of me was like, they'll be a winner, <laughs> and they're not. So it is what it is. Yeah. But I love, I love Biggie stuff. Like I, UB has not been good this year. I know that is stunning for people to hear that follow college basketball. They have three wins, which um. Two of them are against Division One opponents. Not great. But I was super into the idea that they got George Halkovich to be their head coach because he comes from the Villanova system, who just, in the Big East, I mean, they dominated the Big East for years with Villanova with Jay Wright. And so I was like, all right, that could really, really work. But, yeah, I'm, an absolute, I'm an absolute college basketball junkie. I think most people who see my Twitter know that because I like a ton of recruiting stuff for just random teams. Oh, yeah. And that's that's maybe the one sport that, like, I have favorites, yes, but like if Providence, UB, Grand Canyon, and whatever other like mid major I'm following didn't make the tournament, would not matter. I am locked in for like a month and a half for college basketball, <laughs> and I and I am for most of the year as well. Like yesterday, uh, number two Houston played number six Iowa State. I don't know, Paul Hamilton's alma mater. Sorry about that, Paul. Um, and that, <laughs> that game tipped off at nine, and I watched it till like eleven thirty. Yeah, and it's a Big Twelve basketball, like you know whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm absolutely locked in. What do you mean? Of course I am. I don't know. It, it, college basketball quietly is maybe my favorite sport to watch, and I know for a fact it's bad. Like, I know for a fact it's not as better than the NBA. I know none of these mid-majors are going to win national championships. I don't care. I'm going to lock in. Absolutely love it. Going to take a quick time out here, and we come back, we'll get you ready for Sabres Live coming up at noon. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you for just a little bit longer here on the Extra Point Show, and you're listening to WGR. Quick final segment here as we wrap up another Extra Point show here on WGR. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you here for just a few more minutes. And I do want to remind you that you're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point show brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. We talked a lot of hockey today. Love to hear everyone's responses. I, I always want to gauge the fan base because I, I do feel like at times, Josh, that I'll be like kind of in a vacuum of my own despair. Where that's I'm what, like, that's where, what I'm for. Yeah, where I'm like, I hate <laughs> what the Sabres are doing right now, but maybe everyone else is liking it, especially because I'm like, I'm a later fan to the Sabres. I got more into it in my, in my teens, or I've tried to, because they've actively pushed me out the door multiple times. You're the reason. I have to be the reason. Simple. Have to be. I'm the same reason why Gabe Davis is not going to get a second contract with the Bills. I bought his jersey. So did I. Which, well, that was on both of us then. Yep. But so I always get worried that like in a vacuum, I'm like, the Sabres are bad and I hate this. And then I'll go to Twitter and everyone's like, nope, they should burn. And I'm like... All right, I'm at least on the right track. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking course. the right thoughts. Yeah. And honestly, I, I really I was looking forward to today because I was very upset after yesterday's loss, and I was just trying to find a way to put it into words. 
And there were times today where I could not put it into words because it's just so frustrating. It's frustrating. And I, well, I do feel better. It's, it's like only to an extent because it's, 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 it's the, healthy to, to rant or to vent, but yeah. then you're still sitting there going, yeah, but the problems are still there. Right. It's like the, what, what, what's next? What are you going to do to fix it? What yeah. are you, how are you going to I didn't to personally fix it? it. It's still there. Right. And, and I, I hope, you know, we didn't, we're not leaving today making everyone else feel like that. But I, that's just kind of where I'm at is like, like I said before, you go out and yeah, sure, you're not going to be active in this trade deadline for now. Mm-hmm. You're going to be active in this trade deadline for, for later. next year. For go next get year. Rasmus Anderson, sign Casey Middlestad, make a move with the prospects you have to bring in a, a, a scoring threat for next year. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it's hard to get players that are under contract moved. Yeah. But when you have a team like Calgary who is actively shedding everyone possible just again again go call them see Mm -hmm. what's available it's a fire sale apparently yeah and even even in columbus yeah like it's it's just and yeah we're we're not on the inside we don't know what the Mm -hmm. conversations have been maybe they've been making these calls maybe these calls haven't worked but you like that's kind of what we're here to do is we're here to speculate until something actually does happen exactly and that's just kind of the frustrating part of being yep. a fan <laughs> do you want to mention as well before we check out here it is of course the start of tag or uh, the tag, tag period for the nfl that is going to go from february 20th to march 5th and for the franchise tags two of the notable names are of course t higgins the wide receiver for the cincinnati Bengals, and defensive tackle chris jones for kansas city Two guys who I Higgins looks to be tagged. Jones, a little bit more interesting there. Super fast. Did you know that there's a team since 2016 that's used five franchise tags? Who is it? Dallas. Yeah, it fits. They keep their own. All right, that's <laughs> going to do it for me and Josh. We'll be back tomorrow again from 10 to 12 here on the Extra Point Show. But coming up next, Sabres Live. You're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.